All right. So uh, this morning we are going to be talking about um, finding comfort in Christmas. Christmas can be one of the hardest times that we can ever go through. Um, I know people who have gone through a lot of struggles. Um, I'll give you an example from mine. Uh, for me, um, Christmas, I hate driving during Christmas. I have super anxiety. I remember one time driving up to Edmonton, and seriously, it was pure black ice the entire way from about, I don't know, I'd say Lacombe to Edmonton. And um, it scares well, that scares the bejeebers out of me. Dad, dad lingo. Um, but no, it scares a lot. It scares me a lot. And I remember so many times I'll be driving during winter. Unfortunately, this year I didn't have to drive too much. But I'll be going and I'll be gripping the wheel so hard. Like, you don't want to talk to me when I'm driving on ice. I'm gripping it. And you need the jaws of life to rip my fingers off of that steering wheel. Every Christmas, my wish list is going to be a new steering wheel because it's damaged by the end of the, end of the Christmas time. But in all honesty, like, I realize a lot of those struggles, those fears of mine, doesn't compare to a lot of what everyone else, um, everyone else goes through. Uh, everyone else goes through different things. Because holidays can easily seem to be a challenging and painful time. Um, basically, the highs will become higher. The lows will become lower. Um, but being alone during Christmas, it makes you feel even lonelier. And this is when things happen, right? We see during Christmas, um, if you look at the stats, credit card bills go out of the roof. People get more and more in debt every Christmas season. They're trying to find the comfort in that, right? And we see people are in pain. And ironically, Christmas just magnifies it. Christmas magnifies that pain, that, that loneliness, that emptiness that they have. All right, so where do we find the comfort in midst of this pain that we may be going through, or we may have at one point in our lives? All right, I'm not talking about the typical cliches like, oh, everything's going to be okay, right? And then everything happens for a reason. I'm not talking about those kind of things. Because um, those are not strong enough to really help you find real comfort to real pain in your lives, right? You might be trying to find a new job, and you just aren't having any luck, there might be someone just might have passed away in your life, and you're trying to find the peace over that, right? You can be, uh, you'd be struggling with addiction, struggling with, with um, just things that are taking over your life. But honestly, maybe you might have a tragedy in your life. And that's where the sense of confusion, uh, of comfort, forces a re very real um, question. And that is, where is God in all of this? Where is God in our pains? Where is God when I'm lonely and at home? But fortunately, Christmas answers that question. We gotta look at the one part of the Christmas story, and that's where uh, Mary tells Joseph that she's pregnant. Right, which, honestly, think about it, that had to be the most uncomfortable conversation that we've ever had. So, we see Mary is like, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Right? And Joseph's like, hmm, oh Mary, what a delight. Let's have some tea and crumpets over this right now. It's, it's a really bad accent. That's all I can really do. So, <laughs> but no, Joseph probably wasn't just like all happy about like, because at that time, that's not how things should be. That's not, that's not how things are. If that happens, 
something is going on, right? And at that moment, Mary needed some divine backup help, needed some divine help and support during this, right? So we're going to uh, read here. Read it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what, it, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give him birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. And that's Matthew uh, 1, 2024. We see that the Christmas story doesn't actually read as the same kind of cuteness as the nativity story. Right? We see that... Um, what it says is, we, we see that it's, it's a challenge. We see during that time, Joseph could have just got up and left, but the angel came to David, right? We see that Mary and Joseph um, had a plan for their life. They were engaged to be married. They had dreams, and those dreams were coming real, reality. But then, God shows up. God shows up. In the book of Luke, God sends an angel to Mary who calls her favored one. Says, you are highly favored. You're going to give birth to a son, and that son is going to be a king. And he is going to be the son of God and rule forever. So in essence, um, you're going to deliver the deliverer. In essence, that's what it is. Right? It, it had to be mind-blowing. Mary and Joseph then had to explain to their family, explain to their friends that she's pregnant before they were actually married, right? We see that um, Mary's, Mary's trying to say, okay, all right, gather around everyone. Come on, let, let, we have something to tell you. Okay, Joseph, do you want to tell, tell them what, what's happening right now, right? And then Joseph's like, I'm not getting blamed for this one. This is not me. I'd have nothing to do with this. But we see that nobody would have believed, believed it at all that she was giving birth to the Son of God. But Mary and Joseph were thinking, come on, angel, just show up again. Show up again. Scare. Scare them, just like you scared us. Right? The story doesn't, honestly, the story doesn't get any better for Mary. At the time, a census was being done. Right? And they had to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fill out the paperwork. Mary, in, in Scripture, Mary described as obviously pregnant. Honestly, that, that obviously pregnant. Now just imagine that 70-mile road trip that would have taken five to six days, depending on how it was happening, you know, and also on the average, you know, donkey speed, right? We see that it definitely was not a joy ride. She was obviously pregnant. It, got, it, it had to be hard. It had to hurt. It had to be challenging. Just imagine the conversations the two of them were having on this trip, right? I, you guys are all imagining it. I know it, right? We see there was no Canalta, no Ramada, no, no hotels available at the time, right? She could only find um, was to give birth in a stable, 
And she had to get burned in the stable, but she already was sore from this trip that she had to take. So what do you think Mary was saying at this time? Right? Do you think uh, she, she's saying to God, like, oh, God, I'm your little favored one. Why am I dealing with this? Why am I in the stable? Why is my back hurting from riding on this donkey for the last six days? That's what she's probably asking, right? But then just when you think that you can rest, they have to go on the run from King Herod as he is threatening to, uh, from all of the Jesus the King talk, he wants to kill all the young boys under two uh, in attempt to kill Jesus. So now she went on this road trip, right? She went on this road trip, going to the stable, and then, okay, now they're going to kill my son. I'm going to leave again. Had to go again. It continues happening, right? We see now they have to flee to Egypt, and they can't return to their hometown. Can you just honestly hear the cry that Mary is having at this moment? Just the challenge, the pain that she's going through, right? She's probably saying, God, this seems so unfair. This seems, I don't understand. What are you doing? Why am I going through this? And then we look back at the Christmas story, the nativity story, and it seems so cute, pretty. But it's one that's surrounded with pain, one that's surrounded with hurt. Let me ask, ask you guys this. Where do you find the comfort in the midst of your questions or your, your, your uh, confusion, your discomfort, your pain? If you had to ask yourselves that, where do you think you would see yourself? What do you think your answer would be? But I kind of want to say this. The hope is found in one word, one really big word. But that word is, that word, one word is defined into three. Emmanuel, God with us. We see Christmas is the presence of comfort. Christmas is God saying, I'm here with you. I'm with you. You're not on your own. But God, I'm hurting. I know, and I'm here. But my family, things are out of control. God's saying, I know I am here. God's, God, I'm so scared, I'm lonely. God's saying, I know, and I am here. The actual meaning for comfort is to be called alongside. It's literally the idea that God comes alongside you to be with you, to walk with you, to encourage you. That's what that is. Comfort is here and it's now. We don't have to look for it or, or run and find it. Right? I, I, I remember, and my mom can probably attest to this, is because my mom is here. She's right there. <laughs> of course, uh, she's in my illustration. Um, but as a kid, if I got hurt, I would never, honestly, I, I rarely ever run to my dad. I would run to mom. You know, oh, I fell, I hurt my knee. My dad would be like, grow up. <laughs> like, you know, you're good. My mom's like, oh, you know, come here, come here. It's fine, right? If I, if I was doing something not smart and I rode my bike off a ramp and I fell and I fell hard, my dad would be like, okay, what's for dinner? Right? Okay, but no, but then I'd get, I know my mom would, would always be there. I know my dad, my dad loved me. He did care about me. I'm just kind of, 
He's not, he wasn't the emotional person, I'll tell you that. He was not at all. But that's okay. I, 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 I know for me, if my kids are sick, this is the one thing different. If my kids are sick and they're throwing up, they come to me, which is kind of cool. But if, my, but if my kids are hurt, they hurt themselves. Oh, they don't go see me. They go see mom. And mom's always there ready to help them, right? I know moms can attest to that. But the key word for comfort is here, right? Come here. Let me help you. Come here. Let me put a Band-Aid on that. Come here. Let me give you a hug. That's the word that we're looking for is here. Right? This is why I want everyone to understand so badly that Jesus is here. We don't have to talk to him uh, uh, like he's across the globe, that he's distant. He's far away from us. And in, in Christian circles, unfortunately, we have the, the, the habit of talking to him like he's not actually here with us. We have this habit of saying, praying and talking as if he's far away from us and he's not sitting with us. He's not staying with us. How crazy would it be if um, I was sitting, my wife was sitting next to me and I was talking about her like she was somewhere else. Oh, I wish you could meet my wife. She's right here, right? Oh, she's beautiful. She's amazing. I love her. Oh, she's right here. I'm an idiot. How funny would that be? Sometimes we get to that point where we look for comfort in other places rather than with him who's right here standing with us. Right? We do this when we gather at church. We talk about uh, Jesus as if he's hanging out in Israel still and we're waiting to hear from him. Jesus is miles away trying to hear us. He's like, fee, fi, fo, fum. I hear prayers from a distant one. That's what, he's, that's what we sometimes pretend that he's going to be doing, right? But we're saying comfort is God with us. In your pain, Jesus is whispering to you saying, I'm here. I'm here. So let's take a little deeper look at comfort. We see in 2 Corinthians here, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God for as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ so also our comfort abounds through Christ if we are distressed it is for your comfort and salvation if we are comforted it is for your comfort which produces in your patient endurance of the same sufferings as we suffer and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, we also share in our comfort. You guys get the hint there? Comfort. Right? We see it nine times in only five verses that uh, we see the word comfort. There are many great truths that we can learn from this verse. And I honestly encourage you, uh, if you guys ever study the word, I encourage you to study this scripture. Right? You're going to see what Jesus says to you through this comfort. So you see here, first one is God with us is our true source of comfort. And that's verses three to four. It says, the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our trouble. See, when pain appears, we have a strong desire to find comfort. 
I don't know who can relate, but for me, I know I find comfort in food, as you can see. But honestly, I don't see comfort in food. Comfort in foods. But I will constantly, I will overeat, and then I will feel sick, and then I'll feel guilty about what I'm eating. Right? And then simply, I don't find comfort. I end up finding more pain out of it. Right? Um, I used to have a very, this is a bad joke, sorry. I, have a, I used to have a very bad drinking problem. I like to drink a lot of beer. Root beer, that is. Sugar, 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 sugar. That's what I had. I had a lot of it. And it was the worst thing for me. Because I continued to have it. I would have the, my pops, I'd have my cookies, I had my cakes and everything like that. I can't have that anymore. I get sick when I have it. Right? So, but many of us are uh, become addicted to searching for new ways and relying on false forms of comfort when we're in pain, whether that's food or whether that's alcohol or whether that is just um, Facebook or honestly, it could be porn. There's all these things that we're searching for that comfort, that acceptance from that thing in our life. And we continue doing it. We continue being busy doing what we need to find this false form of comfort just so we can try and pause the pain for a minute. Because you know when we stop, it's going to hurt more. So not only does it make me feel good in the moment, it, it, it also numbs that feeling of grief. It, it numbs the pain. It numbs that sadness in our life when we go to those things. So, like, in a way, like, you know, Ty Tyler, is it really wrong to have McDonald's every once in a while? No, I do. But do I rely on that? Is that, is a way just to find comfort in eating, right? Is that okay? Well, the thing is, I want people to know is first, it doesn't actually disappear. And secondly, the problem with numbing the grief and the sadness and the pain is that you can't just simply numb uh, some emotions. You can't just pick and choose. These false comforts will leave, leave you all, um, just numbing all emotions. And if you're going to numb those emotions, you won't fully experience the depth of love and the depth of joy and the depth of comfort in your relationships. You see, false comforts don't last. Christmas is a presence of real comfort. Emmanuel, God with us. Christ in me saying, I'm here. Find comfort in his presence. You can look at those verses or you can choose. God's around us. He's a distant, distant person. God is out there somewhere. And you can pursue comfort from something else rather than him who is standing right here with you. Right? When we treat Jesus as just a spiritual transaction, as, as a receipt from heaven, it's saying, just saying eternal life. We're just putting it on a shelf. And we will miss the power of God with us. That kind of kingdom living right now. Eternal life begins now. Doesn't begin down the road. It begins right now. 
We see, number two, God shares in our suffering. When you're in pain, you begin to think that no one will understand that pain that you're going through. No one's understanding the thoughts and the feelings that you have. I remember, I, I don't get sick much. When I get sick, I get sick. And tomorrow will always say, oh, it's the man cold. Because I remember... Uh, I'll get sick, I'll get, you know, I'll be in my bed, I'm like, oh, I can barely move. Yes, it's just a cough, but still, I can barely move. And every time I think, this is the worst it's ever been, it's going to keep getting worse, it's worse, it's not going to get any better. I continuously feel like that. And I remember laying down, I'm like, I just want to watch a TV show, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> it's going to get worse. That's how I feel, because I don't feel like anyone can understand that pain that I'm going through. Yet, I know everyone can. But pain, no one understands. We see, Jesus doesn't understand what it means to be a victim. We see, Jesus couldn't understand what it means to be abandoned or forgotten or betrayed by friends. Because when you look at the cross, you see that God absolutely understands pain. He understands physical pain, emotional pain, relational pain. On the cross, Jesus says, why are you abandoning, abandoning me? Wow, hard. But at the cross, it must have looked like evil was winning. If you really think about it, it must have looked like evil was winning. Right? God's plans were totally messed up. And then on the third day, Jesus does what he said he would do. He conquers death. He defeats the power and the grip of sin. And in doing so, he sets, he sets the captives free. The cross says, I know all of your pain. Christmas says, and I'm here. The third one is, a comforted, a comforted, changed life can comfort others. So, and that's verse four, it says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So who do you think understands what it means to lose a friend or a family member? What it means to always feel like you need a drink. What it feels like uh, the, the pain from a family men, member going through a different kind of pains. Or the hurt of never getting along with your family. What it means to be away and be lonely. Someone who has gone through it and has experienced God's comfort in the most difficult moments of life. That's who. We see God says, I give you comfort in those moments so that you can have the opportunity to comfort others when they face that same pain. So let's just call them been there people, right? They've been there. They're wounded healers, per se. So let's say this. You want to talk about a friend who is struggling with addiction, you want to talk about a friend who's struggling with that addiction. You want to talk about what it's like to see them lose everything in their life, to go from a healthy body and healthy person and go to someone that's so scrawny they can barely walk. That addiction is taking over. How do we help with that? How do we help another person deal with that? How do we help other people to see that? And I know during this, God has given me the comfort during that situation. I've seen people like that who's gone through, they were completely healthy, and then you see them later down the road, and they're just skin and bones. And you see that they're struggling with addictions that have taken over their life. Try, how, how can you find comfort in that? 
But we can talk to other people that God has placed in your church family to encourage and comfort you as you can comfort others and other things. So that's why we need to come to church. We're part of a group of messed up people. We are. Church is not a solo act. It's not. We're here to be there for one another. Your pain can help me and my pain can help you. Because in following Jesus, we're not supposed to walk along this road alone. We walk together. Like we may meet in an old school building. And that's okay. We may, um, we may come in and just find our seat. Right? We, that, that's okay. But I want people to rem- remind themselves that when we come to church, we're to come and worship Learn from his word and connect with others so that we can build a relationship with one another. It's not the building that's the church. It's the people. That's what it is, and we're here to comfort. And that's what we see in here. We see we need to share our pain. We need to share our pain with one another so that we can help others heal. God's going to use our pain, but we have to be open to that. And I'm not suggesting that you can't comfort others unless you've been through that specific pain. I'm not saying that. But you can comfort people because you have the Spirit of God in you. That's what I am saying. And John 14, 16, 17 says, Jesus says, I will give you an advocate to be with you always, to never leave you. You can also see that as comforter. The comforter in me can bring comfort to you regardless of what's happening. That's what it's saying. We see, I, I, I read this um, uh, from a pastor out in California. He gave a really good example of something here. I'm just going to read it here. So uh, this guy's, um, his name is Mr. Walker. Anyways, Mr. Walker passed away. And in the morning of his death, I called his 17-year-old son, who I'm close to, and said, I'm coming over. Want me to bring anything? He said. Well, can you bring Kathy so she can be with my mom? My wife knows his son, but doesn't know the mom at all. But Kathy said, absolutely. Kathy didn't offer the mom cliches. He's in a better place. You know, it's okay. Even though... That's theologically true. It's not that helpful in the midst of this type of loss. So Kathy said, I'm so sorry, while the tears ran down her face. The mom said, that means a lot to me. Your presence brings me comfort. You see, in in, in that story, we see your presence brings me comfort, which it always does. It always should, because presence wins. Presence wins with people. That's human to human. But presence wins with you because God's presence is in you. Emmanuel, God with us. So we are our own son. I don't usually talk for a whole long time, but I want to kind of end here with a couple verses. I want to encourage you this Christmas. um, As you come together, as you spend time with family, as you spend time alone, I encourage you to think about these next few scriptures. And I don't know if you guys have pens or anything like that, but I'm going to be putting them up here. But I want you to need God's, if you need God's comfort in one of these three things, really think about that. Put those into your heart. So you see here is 
if you need God's comfort in your fears, this is scripture. Um, it says, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. If that's something that you struggle with is fear and the everyday life of fear and, and, and just the unknown, just trying to get a grip of what's happening, think about this verse. Write it down. Take a picture of it. I don't know. But if it's something that you're struggling with, put it on your heart. Be encouraged by that. The next one here uh, is if you need God's comfort in fatigue or tiredness. Think about this verse in Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. If you're struggling with just the overwhelming sense of being worn out, of fatigue in your life, in your relationship with Christ, with your relationship with others. Think of this verse. Think of how much of an impact it is to each and every one of us. Look for the hope and the comfort that comes through that. The hope in the Lord will renew their strength. If you're tired, you want to be renewed? Put your hope in, in Christ. And the next one here is if you need comfort in your future and what's happening in your life, uh, I, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about what's happening tomorrow or the next day. I'm talking about the rest of your life. If you need comfort in that and knowing what's happening in your life, read this verse. It says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28. God has it under control. Sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes, like I said, we're praying as if God's far away, that he's not really with us. But as we've been reading, Emmanuel, God is with us right here. He's right here in this building. He's right here with this group, just ready to say, I am here. Come here if you're hurting. Come here if you're tired or you're stressed. Come here if you're lonely. Don't leave. God's saying, come here. There's a good song out here by uh, Cody Carnes. Carnes? I don't know. Anyways, it's called Run to the Father. It's talking about when you have pain in your life, and, and even in good times, you got to run to the Father. Run to the Father. I encourage you guys to take a listen to it because it is something that really, I, I remember listening to it a couple of weeks ago and I was driving home from Calgary and I was with Glenn and the rest of the family and I remember this song came up. Everyone was pretty much sleeping, I think, besides Glenn. Um, but I remember the song came up. I remember it spoke to me immensely because at that time, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I was starting to feel hopeless in what's going on. Our house wasn't selling. The stuff here is challenging. But God's saying, run to me. Run to me. Don't let yourself get kicked down and fall down. Allow me to pick you up and let me walk with you. Give, let me give you the comfort that you need. And that's what I find is he just wants to give us comfort and peace and the, and the struggles that we can't see hope that's coming out of it. 
I, I find and I encourage, if you ever have a time by yourself, don't think of it as being alone. Think of it as you have God. Because you do. You aren't alone. Spend time. You're, just play some worship music and, and just spend time in his presence. Um, a couple nights ago, we did a, we had a worship uh, kind of set up for the worship sound. That's why we, a little bit of hiccup, but that's okay. We had a time where we actually sat down in a group and we just worshiped. Before we did anything else, talked about worship, talked about church, talked about sound, none of that counts. I didn't care about that. I cared about where each and every one of us are. I want God to give us a comfort that we need. And I know that while we were singing, the Spirit was there with us. The heavens were opening because you see the people, their eyes widening, and just the awkward, at first it's like, what do I sing? This is really different. But then they got out of it. And it's like, okay, we're in the presence. Let's worship. That's what it's about. Finding that comfort that God wants to give. We were, they were nervous. Some might say it, some might not. I don't know. But I was nervous because it was something I haven't done here. So, but God gave me peace because he took over. It wasn't about us. So it's an amazing opportunity. So if you're struggling through fear or anxiety, um, are, are you, th- if you're thinking, going through the fatigue and the tiredness and the hurts and the pains and you're worried about what's going to happen in your future, what's going to happen this Christmas season, if someone in your life is struggling and hurting and sick and they're dying, I want you to know that God is with you and God is with them. Giving, giving you the peace to know the words to say to this person who might be unfortunately struggling. I know people at this time, Chris, they find that false sense of comforts in alcohol. I know that. But you know what? It's a false sense of comfort. I encourage us to speak the true sense of comfort to that person. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, we see all these, this last three verses say, verses say that all things are good, right? A, a, a drunk driver crashing into a family member and, 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 and killing them isn't a good thing, and God did not cause that to happen. He didn't cause it to happen so that you can learn how to love that person more. That's not what God does. But he does, and he does not give someone cancer so that they can learn to depend on him because evil is not in God's character. But it says that even though everything isn't good, God is working together for the good. We're going to pray here in a second, but I want to encourage you that this week, I want to encourage you that your source of comfort that you guys will be a source of comfort to the people that you see that are hurting, the people that you see are struggling with alcohol, people that you see are struggling with just life, being alone. Maybe that invites someone that you haven't a chance to, invite them over for Christmas dinner. Maybe it's going out and just saying, acknowledging someone who feels like they haven't been acknowledged in years. Who is someone that you can comfort this week? 
Think about that. Who is someone that you can comfort this week? And what is their name? 